Hello, I'm Samira Ahmed, and here's Alexander Zeldin. And thank you all so much for coming to this platform event. I was always wondering who comes out in a cold January night to see a play about homelessness, because that's the reality, isn't it, of where of the world we find ourselves in. And this is dealing with the real subjects. But tell me about the origin of this play. So, um, good evening, Saul. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for coming and for your interest in, in the play and in the the material and in the story. Um, so I, I did a play with my group of collaborators called Beyond Caring, which was also at the National Theatre after being performed at the Yard Festival. Um, and that play was about zero-hour contracts and people, it wasn't about zero contracts, it was about isolated people living in a situation that is very, um, I think, symptomatic of our time. And we were, yeah, so we were working on this, this play um, and then after a while I was looking for a new subject, but somebody who's very close to me and who's helped me a lot said, thank you, sir, said, said, um, said why don't you imagine what would happen if these people went, went home? So there's this whole, uh, I wanted to continue a, a subject about around intimate family life and in crisis. And then I came across a document that really blew my mind, which um, somebody who's become my friend gave me. So I wrote to all these like NGOs and stuff, because I find that there are people working in these places that produce kind of stories that are better than some of the stories that are stories, because <laughs> um, they're true. Uh, and, and I got a document which was called uh, Christmas Families in B&Bs by Shelter. And it was uh, sort of this big, and it was just really raw first-person testimony of uh, mainly women um, with children living in this. And I just felt that the voice of these people was so rich that it combined with other things that I'd been thinking about that were perhaps more sort of like things I'd been writing or imagining or actors I wanted to work with. So my brain is a bit of a salad mixer and I managed to get the right ingredients. And then of course the crucial ing ingredient is, is two more things, which is the collaborators and the actors, and then the participation and the real solidarity and friendship of the people we met who were in this situation. And so, for instance, the, the wonderful woman who's on the poster of the play, Louise Walker, who's, who's, who's who lived for a year in temporary accommodation, and we met a lot of people and we stayed in these places, we visited them, and <coughs> we were able to really find a way of making theatre that was, that was felt right. Can I ask how many of you have already seen the yeah, play? Yeah, good question. So most of you. And how many mm. are going to see it tonight or... That's pretty even. Right, so that's useful to know, thank you. Um, let's talk a bit about the set, because what is really striking is the way that you've opened up the space, and you, the boundary between it and the audience is definitely gone, and the, the lights, um, the yeah. sense of... I mean, I've been around the set uh, yeah. with Alexander, and they're real rooms, and you walk into that bathroom, and it is horrible. Mm -hmm. um, tell me about how you designed the set and why it was important, um, the way that it kind of... You can see it actually kind of breaking down, can't you, to get into the audience area? Yeah. For a long time, I felt that the theatre is a place where I think there's enough make-believe in life. There's enough fantasy and artifice in life. And I sort of don't think that that's the place for artifice. The theatre isn't really a place for artifice. It's a place for really being able to, in a very concentrated way, time, place, and action is concentrated a place for us to really feel and look at life and so for a while actually because when I first started making work like this with some of the people that are still in this uh, group 
we were at East 15 drama school and we had no money at all. And so we didn't have any lights. So I just did it with the lights on. And this made me realize that, I mean, to be really blunt with you, I don't really like theatricality. I find it quite fake and artificial and I think it's a lie. And I think that we are all here. I can see you, I'm a human being, you're a human being. Much like when I met these people and my group of actors met these people and collaborators, a moment of theatre <laughs> happens all the time if we allow it to happen, if we allow ourselves to just be together in a shared light. So I thought, I'm, I'm not, I find it very uneasy to think about a set. Mm -hmm. I'm more interested in thinking about a theatre environment. And uh, the, the challenge is really what is specific to a theatre that can be uh, enriching and what, what is it that we need to destroy I quite like the idea of like half bombed out places, these theatres you see in Detroit, for example. So I'm always, together with Natasha Jenkins, who designed this, we actually, this is based exactly on a place called Heilford House, which is in Barking. So <laughs> those three chairs and that picture, and that, that is exactly something that we visited. And we met a woman uh, in, in there, we're living with three children in a tiny room. And I just felt that those three chairs are like, they're like a family, they're like the Holy Trinity, they're like a lot of things for me. But also that, that room, which is the family yeah. room, I remember going inside it with you, um, and how crowded it is and all the, the, the possessions. You had gone around hostels and, yeah. you know, things like the sheets hadn't been changed for weeks, had they? And you lifted up the mattress, what was underneath? Yeah, there was one place that Luke uh, Clark and I went to, um, Luke Clark plays Dean, and we, we arrived in this room. And the sheets had uh, like various human fluids on them, stains. Um, and then we lifted up the mattress and there was a bin on the floor and there were three very like drunk guys outside and a tiny child like running, protected. And so really what you do when you go in these places is a human being, forget being a theatre maker, as a human being you feel things that are contradictory and ambiguous and unclear. And how can you translate that? Well the theatre is the only way for me. Theatre is for me a way of just really trying to feel life. That's that's all I can ever hope to do with my collaborators. And the actors add their own personal way of experiencing. And so, yeah, so it's very much based on, 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 on real things that have been experienced by myself or by other people who've been... Really, it's about other people. It's, I'm just there to be useful. And they serve, you know, they give us a lot, myself and the others. It's also interesting that there's something about the physical experience of theatre. You know, mm. when you are sitting in a space, in a, you know, a, a kind of, you're given a seat, mm that it's much easier to get sucked into this drama, that reality of your inner place where there are rules about where you can and can't go. And anyone who's been in a waiting room, that sense mm. of you know, the, how much it matters if you can get to the loo or not, and who you're confronting in the corridor. Mm. It all gets sort of amplified in this space, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I believe that each moment in the theatre's history has had a real rethinking of the way that architecture should work. So the Greek theatre or the Elizabethan theatre or even the um, kind of proscenium arch, uh, at different moments they answered a different need that society had for what theatre should be. And I think, you know, that right now my personal idea is just me and my friends, is that we should break down the walls, that there should be... I don't really like this immersive, like, walk-around stuff, but I really like... I really like trying to create an atmosphere, a condition in which we can be together in a, in a different quality of attention. Because attention is a mess today, and it's a nonsense. So if you, if you can have a moment now where you can forget your phone for two hours, that's already uh, the sum of my ambition. And crucially, <laughs> and crucially unlike some theatre, which is you know, very much verbatim theatre, where yeah. you know, someone's made a transcript yeah, of, yeah. of conversations, this 
I remember watching it and being drawn into the story yeah. of who these families were, you know, the whole, the children kind of getting ready for Christmas mm. um, and how much they were looking forward to it. Mm. You know, that is fiction, that is drama. And mm -hmm. it's, I'm interested that you didn't go down that verbatim theatre route. No, <coughs> I, I didn't. Um, the process of writing this is, is, is one of writing through a devising process, which means that a lot of the characters in the story and the structure I sort of had a conception of at home. And then the crucial moment for me is what I call writing on the actor. So I think, okay, Samira, who could you be? What in your life do you have to say at this moment through contact with this material? So the theatre for me isn't ever about putting on a show. So you talk about that Christmas moment. That isn't, of course, that's us as a group thinking what could happen. And the Christmas decorations thing was just sort of, I can't even remember what it came out of. It was just like sort of, probably actually it was something that we discovered. But, but it's what children yeah. would do. It you know, is, wherever yeah, you're yeah, living, yeah. children are looking forward yeah. to Christmas and they'd find a way yeah. to make, you know, put up decorations. It came out of something in someone's house I saw that really tore my heart because it was in one of these rooms and somebody had several books saying home, sweet home, how to make a nice home, like Christmas at home. And they had like a library that they'd obviously spent money on and the dignity of like doing that with great care was so clear that I think that touches you and then and me and the others and then because you can't do these plays I mean you can't make theatre unless there's a shared investment between us as makers and with the actors but then with you otherwise it's not theatre we, we need to have a hope that we can believe something it's like those pictures yeah I could go on but that's that's sort of I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how it came about. It's all, everything is always a mixture of something very concrete and then something quite abstract or sort of poetic, I guess. And I like things to be both at once. I don't want them too much of one or the other. What's it like for your actors mm. doing this night after night? Yeah. You know, it very is hard. a depressing environment to be living in. It's very hard. The actors are extraordinary. Um, but we need each other. I mean, I need them. They... I don't know if they need me, but they, they <laughs> definitely need each other. And what they do together is, look, the truth is, I really am, I, I mean, I really mean this. Um, there's something of a, a, an actor should be, a traditional theatre in the ancient time or whatever was like kind of sacrifice or something like that, or like a really, so obviously this isn't comparable or anywhere near as, but there's definitely that hope that we can have something that we're doing on the stage that has meaning for us, real meaning. Um, and that the, the, the techniques or the like grammar or the like mechanisms of the theatre allow that. And to answer your question, um, it's exorcistic in that way. And to answer your question, it's, it's tough. They have each other. We have also the solidarity of the people that helped us make the play, who've come, uh, and, the, and you, we need you, really. We, if we don't have the audience, we need the audience. That's why we have the lights on. And you're, you're there. Without you, th this is a disaster. I mean, I can tell you, you know, we need you. And uh, we, we, we're very honest with you, so you have to be very honest with us. And if we're not honest with you, if someone is lying, it's a bit like love. If you lie to somebody, you can feel it, no? I want to talk a bit about that now in the audience, because, um, well, two things. The first is, the night I came to see it very early on, yeah. um, there is a scene about um, hair washing, yeah. and there's a tea towel, which you'll see everyone uses. Spoiler alert. No, it's in the yeah, reviews. I don't think it's a major spoiler. No, it's not. It's um, not. Is it? <laughs> it's in all the reviews, though. So yeah. And I think on different nights, the night I came to see it, the audience gasped when they know what that detail's been used for and then they see it used by someone else who has no idea. Mm. And 
Another other nights, people laughed. I remember my producer said the night she came to see it, she was surprised. And then perhaps it was nervous laughter. Mm. I wonder what you make of those different kinds of reactions. And there are a lot of laughs. There's some very lovely lines and moments in this. It's not, you know, Universal Downer, but that sense of discomfort and the use of humour in that was quite interesting. You really put your finger on something quite important, which is kind of... The truth is, like the previous play I did, we did it for many different types of audiences around the country. We did it for free uh, in Sheffield, in a disused Woolworths, for people that had never, ever been to the theatre, as we did it at the National Theatre. And we did it in Luxembourg, can you believe it? Which is like the richest per capita place like, in Europe. And then we did it in Birmingham and Manchester and so on. And <coughs> what I'm getting at is that it's so important, we need in the theatre to have a great, rich diversity of people coming to watch the theatre. We don't, this theatre is making huge steps in that direction, which is a beautiful result of what's happening. But the reactions, I never know. I never thought people would gasp or laugh. It was just what was the right thing to do. I never try and make something that's all with the actors. We never try and... And, you know, that's the actor. That's Nick Holder who found that. You know, I said this is the action, this is what we do. I actually wrote a little scene, which none of which is left now. They've improved it vastly, obviously. And, you know, Nick and Annie just found this incredible need. That was just what you do, and it was never... It's actually based on an 80s Belgian TV documentary, right? <laughs> um, in which there's this family that is called, called the Mummy's Boy, and it's like this Bel great Belgian. Belgians are very quirky, you know. Um, um, no Belgians here. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, you're right. I don't know. I mean, I'm always... I, I mean, the audience reacts differently every night because the audience is different every night. Sometimes that's difficult for me to accept, but... Well, because the other thing I was going to say, and I have told you this before, yeah. is the night that I came to see it, a couple walked out. Oh, yeah, yeah, fine, And bye. I think, yes, yeah. because okay. I, you know, yeah. you make a guess. I yeah. think I made a guess at why they walked out. Well, what do you think? Okay, I think there are some people who come to the National Theatre who think, you know, I want, I want a nice laugh or yeah. I want to see something that's basically going to make me feel yeah. like I've had a nice, enriching cultural yeah. night out and yeah. they don't want to be confronted by yeah. something like this. That's dead. That's dead theatre. There's no place for that here. Uh, that's dead. Um, comfort is not the realm of the theatre. The theatre isn't, that's not what it's designed for. Uh, traditionally, the theatre means, the, the etymology is to see, um, and to really see something is a great gift. Uh, I don't think I've ever done it very often in my life. I'm obviously young, I hopefully I'll get better at it, but like, I think uh, the, the theatre is, to be disturbed in the theatre is a good thing. You shouldn't go to the theatre unless you're going to get disturbed. If you're not disturbed, it's not really working. And you can be disturbed in a good way. We need to be disturbed, we need, um, and I'm really comfortable. People refuse to watch the plays that we make. Uh, the last one was much worse. People used to shout back at the actors because I was probably a bit more mature then and I had them really whispering, so half the audience couldn't hear and that's a bit mental, but so like, but yeah, so I really feel that there is, um, I, I want everyone to, you know, I, want, I don't want people to walk out. I'm not trying to provoke. I, I don't. I'm, I want everyone to Because you don't like the label of political theatre. This is no, not what I you No, I think it's reductive. I think it's reductive. I think you cannot make theatre is a way of mm. feeling life. It's a traditional, ancient. An, it's as ancient as you know. Robert Lepage, great theatre maker, said that the first theatre action was when somebody was around a fire and they found the need to illustrate a story about hunting. So they got up and they suddenly I'm doing it there and the boom, boom, you know. And that's that's the first action of theatre. He said, and so. Theatre is a need we have, and we're servants of that. We're not, we're not um, anything else. And um, political, how can you be alive today and not make work that is 
a kind of cry. How can you be alive when 21% of the population in this incredibly rich country is desperately poor and living in a very difficult way, when there's vast cruelty being enacted every day, and you just, every, I'm, I'm not a politician, I, I don't, you know, I vote, but that's about it. And, you know, for me, it's just obvious. I don't think there's anything else I want to talk about. For me, every time I, I make a play and I set off on a journey with my friends, it's, it's an opportunity to, 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 to feel life, and that inevitably becomes political. But the most political thing is the form, because you can make, like, information theatre, and that's just crap, you know, like... Like, who cares? You know, we don't need another play that's like facts and figures. Just read a good article. Mm. There's one in the programme, by the way, four pounds, great value. But <laughs> like, I think, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me about Sorry, your international experience. No, yeah. because one of the things that's very interesting about your background is, you mm. know, you were raised in the French education system, although here, you've yeah. done a lot of theatre early on in your career, yeah. um, internationally, yeah. all over the world. You work with people like Peter Brook. Yeah. How has that shaped the kind of theatre you make now, do you think? Well, I, I look, I, I went to Oxford University, but I didn't do any theatre there because I felt really out of uh, touch with it. I didn't get it. I didn't go to the theatre growing up. Uh, my parents were quite old and they were sort of quite stay at home. And my father was very ill when I was growing up. And so my mum looked after him and I was sort of withdrawn. I didn't act or I did a bit of acting at school, but not much. But I didn't, I wasn't one of those people that was like, I need to be in the theatre. I wanted to be in a rock music and like write poetry and my friends. And that was my thing. And then I, w I got to Oxford anyway, which was whatever, but like I was there and I felt that the guys doing the sort of like kind of Shakespeare costume stuff, I thought that was kind of bullshit and I still do. Um, and um, actually I was reading Peter Brook, funnily enough, and my best friend uh, that I met was, basically I, I worked with all the sort of rejects of the sort of drama world who were all sort of uh, basically foreign um, <laughs> and so and didn't speak English uh, fluently, so we ended up sort of reading these things and I was I was I sort of felt intuitively from this very close friend I had then a guy called Hussein Omar who who's uh, Egyptian that there was this um this thing Brooke talked about you know and others like Eugenio Barber who writes about theatre anthropology and stuff all these books I just felt that's the theatre there's this like ancient mystical thing I've no idea about it I don't know anything and I learned to direct by reading like exercise books and doing them with the actors so I like pretended to be a director and I was like do that exercise it says to do that just and we rehearsed for a year. Then we went to Egypt with no money and all slept in one room. It was a bit mental. And we like met these folk musicians who were doing an exorcism ritual. These kind of really big women and who were the main protagonists. And the men were in the background drumming, which is probably the best way. And they were sort of there. And then they were telling this story. And people then had to stand up and dance until they passed out. And this was a really formative experience for me. And I immediately felt, this is theatre. You know, if I go and see like some show like where like someone's like talking really loudly, artificially, and like I don't care, and like what they're doing is less radical than my life, getting trashed <laughs> and like smoking and whatever uh, with my friends, like that's more real than and my feelings about this girl or about this problem with this person or with my father or with my life, that's more real to me than what I'm seeing in the theatre. The theatre's wrong. So I have to make the theatre that is like an exorcism. And I have to, I can't just do an exorcism, I'm not Egyptian, right? So I'm going to like try and find a way of really understanding it. I'm still asking the question every time I make a play. It's this great mystery. And you mentioned Peter Brook. Um, so Peter Brook is a, is a guiding sort of beacon for that because, yeah, I mean, he's been a great inspiration and, and great encouragement to me and hundreds of others. 
I don't have a privileged relationship with Peter Brook. I'm, I'm one of several people that he's been extreme, and many people who were working in this building all the time, you know? I mean, Jane Suffling, who's our stage manager, several people in all walks of life have been sort of touched by this, this, this man who's a true searcher. And the theatre is a great feel, I think. I mean, look, I'm doing this 10 years. It's really my mission in life, and I'm very blessed that I've got people encouraging me and people that I'm... that I, I, I need. The actors are very important because they... And just today I was reminded of that in a very deep way because, you know, you can't... It's not about me. I'm just a team player. We're the theatre makes us live better, I think. I like to think that. Tell me how the play's changed since it started. Because you've cut a whole scene, haven't you? You cut a whole scene between the first preview and the second preview when I saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than one, two scenes. Um, yeah, I'm notoriously bad. I mean, this had a lot of rehearsal, just to be clear. <laughs> like, we were not under-resourced. Um, but, I mean, compared to like, when we used to do it with no money at all. Because we were working, in a way, like... Uh, that's not the question. Uh, the, answer, <laughs> the answer to your question is... Um, yeah, I mean, I did my best this time to like really structure it and write it properly and have a script and then like improvise on the script and then like, but inevitably, like they were all telling me that it was wrong. So we used to have, well, I shouldn't really give it away because, but okay, put it this way. There used to be like a birth on stage and we cut that. Uh, so that was quite a big change. Um, yeah, but I think it's good to, to not, nothing is sacred. You know, too serious is not serious. So you have to not take your ideas too seriously. You have to also, the theatres, for me, it's a great mix of like the kind of very noble and the very like showbiz. You know, it's got, it's got to please you. You've got to get into it. It's all very well me making something that I think is great. If it doesn't like work with you, then it's shit, basically. You know, so we, we, we need this. And the British theatre has got this great, I think, unlike some of the like, over-subsidised like, people in Berlin who are like walking around like in great seriousness. And, you know, it's very beautiful. But with no clothes on. With no clothes on. Always. And then they're making, I mean, I went... Oh, I didn't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so irresponsible. We're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. That's just, uh, especially in today's climate, we have to be. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so that's the answer. I think, I, think, I don't know if I answered the question. Uh, I, I love your answers. That's a lovely way to yeah. end. Sadly, we have to end it there. But yeah. thank you all. I have to I'm run. delighted that you've enjoyed it. And I hope the rest of you do enjoy it tonight. None of you walk out. Yeah. Thank you so much. I love it.